$500, I went to Craigslist. So instead of buying like a brand new press machine or a brand new cutter machine, I went to Craigslist and I knew that there were other probably budding entrepreneurs who maybe wanted to do and create the same thing, but didn't get it off the ground successfully. So I went to Craigslist and I was able to find like used machines. I then took about $100 and I purchased five to 10 new t-shirts from a wholesale consignment store. And then I purchased bottles from Ikea. And I just did this with maybe a couple of products like starting and then I launched. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pili, and welcome to episode 87 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet the woman behind the mess, Kalila Wright. Kalila is founder and CEO of apparel company, Mess in a Bottle. She went from working as an architect for Under Armour to launching a brand that has been worn by the likes of Serena Williams, Lena Waithe, and Bozoma St. John. During our conversation, Kalila shares the first five things she would do if she were starting an apparel company today. She talks about the challenges she's faced, the team she's hired, her new flagship store, and so much more. Before we hear the rest of Kalila's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Kalila's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with the founder and CEO of Mess in the Bottle, Kalila Wright. Kalila Wright, welcome to She's Off Script. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you, could you share who you are and what you do? So I am the owner of popular t-shirt brand Mess in a Bottle. We are a t-shirt company that puts messages on t-shirts and they come packaged in a reusable bottle. So you've gone from being an architect to now owning your own t-shirt company. Why t-shirts? So we've expanded more into an apparel brand. So I'm always just like, so we started in the t-shirt arena. So initially when I was doing architecture, I worked for a sports retail company. And I think at first, um, I really didn't think about apparel or venturing into apparel, but what ended up happening is that, um, I just started to really, um, you know, expand my creativity and see how I could customize products. And um, at first I started out in the baby furniture arena and I realized like that took a lot of work and it was a lot of man hours. So I decided to try my hand at apparel being that the turnover was faster. It would be like more money. It would be easier for me to create the products. Um, So that is how my t-shirt company was developed. You left your full-time job at Under Armour a month after officially launching Mess in a Bottle. Why did you choose to leave right away as opposed to side hustling first? You know, I'm one of those that I'm either all in or not. And Mm. honestly, my focus was just not on my nine to five. Um, I was already, you know, really pushing myself. And I've already, you know, at that point, um, my son was only two years old and I really just, I was exhausting myself by working full time and then trying to, you know, create this business and start a t-shirt company at night. And so I finally was just like, you know what, um, 
if you believe in yourself enough, just go ahead and do it. And I told myself, I just need to keep a roof over my head, food in my son's mouth and a cell phone. (laughs) So, and this communication with the world. So that, those were my three stipulations. And I told myself if I could do that for at least a year, the worst that could happen is that I would be a successful business owner. If not, I said, I could just go back to architecture. So I told myself I had 365 days to figure it out. Uh, so were you planning on living off of savings or were you already profitable within a month? So I started the company with less than $500. I pretty much just had a very minimal savings. Um, I did not have too much. And, you know, I, I pretty much just said I would make, you know, different little odd ends, like do uh, different furniture pieces, do different t-shirt pieces. And that's kind of how I generated the start. And I also volunteered a lot during that time as well. Um, I volunteered at a co-working space called Impact Hub in Baltimore. And that also sparked where I was around other entrepreneurs, other business owners. And I think that secretly it gave me something to sort of look forward to. And it allowed me to pretty much be able to um, create within like the business arena. And I was already emerged in it by being in these spaces. I'm always curious whenever people say they've launched their companies with pretty manageable sums of money, I'm always curious how much that $500 was able to get them as far as launching. So what did you do with the $500? Cause this was back in 2016, right? It was. So with the $500, I went to Craigslist. So I knew that I needed to buy materials for my business. So instead of buying like a brand new press machine or a brand new um, cutter machine, I went to Craigslist and I knew that there were other probably budding entrepreneurs who maybe wanted to do and create the same thing, but maybe, you know, didn't get it off the ground successfully. So I went to Craigslist and I was able to find like used machines. Um, I then, you know, took about a hundred dollars and I purchased, um, about five to 10, uh, new t-shirts from a wholesale, um, like consignment store. And then I purchased, um, bottles from Ikea. And I just did this with maybe a couple of products like starting. And then I launched and I started. Did that include your website at that point? It did. Like the website, I'm a designer. So like all my design work, I was able to um, just do these things myself. I did not have to outsource a lot. So I think just using my architectural background, I was able to like do all the creatives. Oh, wow. And look at you now. But I know along the way, every business owner probably comes to a crossroads where they can either give up or keep pushing. And I know you found yourself at one of those crossroads three years ago when you were robbed at gunpoint. And this was in your first brick and mortar space. Yes, it was. I mean, it was a difficult situation um, in which two young men felt the need to unfortunately, you know, rob me at gunpoint. And, you know, what I tell everyone is I tried to say that the robbery for me was just an obstacle. And it was, mm. it's similar to if, your spouse passes away through your journey, or if your parents get really ill, like there are going to be uncontrollable things that happen within Mm -hmm. your life. And you have to figure out like, you know, and you have all rights to take a moment, you know, take a long moment, especially depending on how tragic it might be. But I think that I'm like always reminded that you have to get back up. 
And I love how you were able to get back up, especially since I think around that time, Bozoma St. John wore one of your dresses to an Uber executive meeting and shared that image on social media. And then you went viral. So it was almost like you had no choice because the community was rallying around you. It was, it was. And I think that it really showed that this was something that everyone else was also passionate about, and they didn't want me to give up either. Along those same lines, what have been your biggest wins so far? So I think one of my biggest wins was having Lena Waithe, um, a producer and actress, um, as well as Serena Williams, both wear masks on a bottle. So um, not only the celebrities response, but I just think for having like, you know, my friends, family, or even kids, like I think just seeing the pride that they have when they wear a mess on a bottle t-shirt has been really heartwarming. Oh, I bet it has been. And I've been watching the progress of your flagship store, and I'm so excited to see people actually going in there and visiting. But I'm wondering how the pandemic has impacted your launch plans. Yeah, you know, I think that we are deciding if we will be open to the public. As of right now, we probably won't be. Um, But I look at the mess space as that. It's a space and it's a creative space. And so I don't know how much I've um, been viewing it as a retail space, but it's, uh, it's just like the mess creative space. And I think for that, you know, just being able to have my staff enjoy and be in the space is, um, you know, I just love that. I know you now use your expertise to teach others to launch their own t-shirt companies. I would love for our audience here to benefit from your expertise today. So if you were launching your t-shirt company today, what are the first five steps you would take? If I was launching my t-shirt company, the first um, five steps I would take is one, you have to be confident. You have to be confident in knowing that there are going to be bumps in the road. It's going to be a hard time. Um, but you have to know that even when you're ready to give up or the odds seem way against you, you have to be prepared to, um, to get back up and to keep fighting. Two, definitely, you know, I don't think that you have to save a lot of money. It just really depends on the type of um, business that you are building. Um, But if you are going into apparel, I think that um, just having a cushion and being sure that you are not spreading yourself too thin when it comes to finances is just helpful because it will be left less stressful. Um, Three, I would say to rally around your community and the people that can push you forward or share like your t-shirts, your message, your designs. Um, I think that that is key. Um, So like building a good tribe and community um, as well as for being able to pivot. Like I think a lot of us come into this, um, not sure, like, you know, they have a set, you have a set plan of what type of demographic and t-shirt you think you can create. But I think that, um, if you are flexible in your audience, I think that that also helps. Um, and lastly, five, I think the biggest, um, and the biggest tip I would give to someone is to like stay ready, stay ready, stay prepared and, um, and enjoy what you are about to create because you just never know where it will take you. Those are really good pieces of advice. And I know you mentioned that one of those steps is really to 
surround yourself with a community that can take you to the next level. And I know for you along the way, Karen Khan of iFundWomen was able to help you raise 15K to find your own retail space. Now, as you look to grow, how have you found the fundraising process or the capital raising process for you as a Black woman? Um, I think that it's a bit difficult. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if it's just because um, you know, sometimes our resources. Um, but I think it's a difficult thing for us to fundraise within the black community. But I think that, um, you know, just like everything else, if you really keep at it, if you are sharing your incentives and if you come up with creative ways to get your community involved, I think it can be very, um, successful. Now, as you look to the future, what marketing strategies do you think have been most effective for you to get to where you are and maybe to take you to the next step? Um, I think consistency. I think just making sure that I am often sharing with my audience, talking about just talking about what things we are going through, our ups, our downs. I think that that has been one of the best ways that people have really um, rallied around us and have been excited um, to be a part of our journey. And I know along with that, as you look to grow a company, I think it's important to have your operations and systems in place because those can make or break your business. And I I heard at one point that you screen print every t-shirt as the order comes in. Let me know if that's correct. Mm -hmm. What systems have you put in place to keep your business operations running like a well-oiled machine? Yeah, we print on demand. I would say the production and operation part does become a bit difficult, but I've hired an amazing team. And so that has been, I think, the most rewarding um, with being able to get people who can complement your um, your weaknesses. What team members did you hire first? What kind of a team does it take to run your business as it stands today? Um, I think definitely a customer service person and an operations person. Um, we have a great production staff as well as having, um, an executive assistant, um, a marketing person. So we have a full team and I think just being able to all work together has been um, essential. Finding good talent is difficult, but Also, managing can be difficult for new entrepreneurs as they go from being solo to now being people managers in addition to running a business. How has that been for you? And any tips for anyone who is on the verge of hiring people on their team? Um, Yeah, I think that it's trial and error. You know, it's figuring out who's the right fit figuring out, you know, um, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. It's a lot of trial and error and just really seeing how you work as a manager and the type of people that you would want to employ. Kalila, I know mess in the bottle has come a long way. When will you know that you have succeeded? I feel like I already have. Um, The fact that I employ um, about 16 Black women, I feel successful. Ooh, I love that. You're already there. But what's next for you guys? What are you working on next? Um, we have a lot of projects in store. Um, you might be able to see Mess in a Bottle very soon at some very large retailers. Um, so there's more to come. Ooh, looking forward to it. So for anyone who wants to get into your message and follow the journey, where can they find you? 
You can find us um, on Instagram at Mess in a Bottle, or you can visit our website, www.messinabottle.com. Thank you, Kalila. I really appreciate your time on the interview today. You're welcome. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.